Welcome to the Bend in the Trail podcast. Here you'll find entertaining original stories written and read by your host, Todd Linder. I've been an educator, among other occupations, for many years. I've long had a desire to write my own original stories. That desire was fulfilled with my first published work, The Big Sky Boys and Life on the Spin and Spur. My goal is to provide clean, wholesome, fun stories without today's push to present the current culturally correct themes. I hope you'll consider joining me on this journey, and if you find it worthwhile, to invite friends and family to join us as well. Our first adventure takes place in the faraway country of Armenia. Akim, a vagabond with no home of his own, thinks he's found untold treasure. But is it? And now... Akim's Pocket Akim scratched his ear, looking left, then right. Hmm, which way? Turning again to the right, he spied a vineyard and made his decision. At the edge of the vineyard was a scarecrow, meant to scare away birds from grapes. Unfortunately for the owner of the vineyard, his scarecrow wasn't doing well at all. There were birds everywhere pecking the delicious, ripe, purple fruit. Well, now, this young man seems to be neglecting his duties, and therefore is no longer in need of such an elegant jacket. This was said with much glee and satisfaction. Exchanging his torn and ragged vest for the jacket seemed like a very fair trade to Akim. Continuing his journey to the next village, a cool breeze came down from the surrounding mountains, Looking for a warm home for his hands, he placed them in the pockets of his new second-hand jacket. As his hands snuggled into their home, he discovered treasures. In the left one were several pistachios and a dried, rather old-looking fig of suspect origin. In the right-hand pocket was a rather worn, medium-sized pomegranate. Ah, this will make a splendid lunch, seeing as I have nothing else. He continued walking as he began eating his prizes. When he reached the middle of the pomegranate, he almost broke several teeth. He removed the offending things pretending to be pomegranate seeds from his mouth and examined them closely. Eyes wide, he rolled the hard objects around in his palm. Well, if I didn't know any better, I'd think these were rubies. By the time he'd finished the fruit, although with much more care, he had in his hand six medium-sized, sparkling rubies. Not having a handkerchief, he wrapped his hand around them and placed his hand in his left pocket. I'm rich, he said to himself, and began imagining all the things he would buy with his newfound wealth. Hmm, perhaps I'll buy a house instead of living on the road, or perhaps a carpet business. He imagined himself sitting in his shop, haggling with customers and weavers alike over price, growing fat and contented. The thought even crossed his mind to buy a caravanserai, where merchants from everywhere could stay with their caravans of mules or camels. Those grandiose dreams were suddenly interrupted by a loud, gravelly voice. Where do you go on such a chilly day? That seems to be a very fine jacket you're wearing 
Is there something, hmm, important in its pockets? At this, Akim became afraid, and letting go of the rubies, he raised both hands in the air. Uh, all I have are a few pomegranate seeds. This he said as he hastily shoved his right hand into its pocket and pulled out the seeds of the fruit, extending his open palm toward the robber. Seeing that the poor man held only pomegranate seeds, the thief batted the hand away, sending the seeds to the ground. Mind your way, beggar. You're no better off than I am. Ockham wasted no time leaving and walked swiftly but awkwardly down the road. When he was out of sight, he remembered the rubies and thrusting his hand in his pocket, began to panic, finding a hole in one corner and nothing else. He then searched his right pocket and finding it empty with its own hole, he was almost in despair. He sat down on a nearby rock and scratched his head. Well, now this is quite curious. Where could they be? Bending down, he removed his left shoe, and to his surprise, there were all six of his treasures. I thought there was a reason for my limp, Akim said. His face lit up like a sunbeam after a rain. His mood completely changed. Now, I really must find a way to mend this hole. He walked to the edge of the vineyard, and plucking a handful of grape leaves, he lined his pockets. When he was done, there were grape leaves poking well over the top pocket tops. Carefully wrapping the rubies in a leaf, Akim placed them in his newly repaired pocket. This done, he began walking again. His walk was much improved after removing the rubies from his shoe. The day wore on, and he was no closer to a village or town of any significant size where he might find a willing buyer. Toward evening he came to a small home with a small garden outside and several goats nibbling on grass nearby. The homeowner, an old man of indistinguishable age, stood by the front door. "'Good sir, would you be willing to help a passing stranger in need?' Oh, "'By the looks of your handsome jacket, I fail to understand how you could be in need.' At this, Arkham explained how he had come by his jacket, and that indeed he had already consumed what little food he had that day. The old man closed one eye, cocked his head, and looked at Ockham suspiciously. "'Do you have anything of value to exchange for a meal and a bed?' asked the old man. Thinking hard how to answer this question without revealing the pocket's contents, Ockham replied, "'Well, I suppose I could gather firewood for your oven, if that's acceptable.' The old man considered for a moment, and said that would be satisfactory. "'Why not lay your coat here?' he said slyly pointing to a chair by the front door. Uh, well, if it's all the same, I'm still a little chilly, so perhaps I could keep it nearby in case I need it. Having seen the man's look at his jacket, he didn't think he trusted the old man completely. Akim walked to a nearby grove of trees, and taking off his jacket, hung it carefully on a low-lying branch. He gathered an armload of wood, and walked to the house, and placed it by the front door. He repeated this several more times, until he felt the pile was quite respectable. When he got back to the tree, the goats were nibbling the grape leaves drooping from his pockets. Shoo! he yelled at the goats. He put on the jacket, believing he had only just rescued the rubies 
from ending up in a place he couldn't imagine. That night, the food was only a few apricots, a cupful of rice, and water to drink. He decided that to keep everything safe, he'd just wear his jacket to bed. In the morning, he rose early, and upon sticking his hands in his pockets, discovered that the leaf full of rubies had disappeared. At first he suspected the old man of pilfering his pockets in the night, but soon discarded that idea. His gaze turned to the goats, and he began to suspect them next. Here, Nanny, nice Nanny, Occam soothed as he walked toward the goats. When he was within reach of the first one, he quickly grasped the animal and pried its mouth open. Ha! he shouted, sparkling in the morning sun, were six red specks studding the teeth of the now squirming goat. Straddling the goat, he attempted to remove the rubies from its mouth. After he retrieved all but one, he put the rest safely back in the leaf-lined pocket. The old man appeared, looking very angry. Here now, what are you doing to my poor goat? I'm only retrieving what's mine, replied Ockham. Well, it's time you move on, and good riddance to you. As Ockham continued his journey, he examined the remaining rubies, lamenting the missing one. Well, maybe I won't have enough to buy a caravanserai, oh, but I should have enough to buy a carpet shop, perhaps. By the time the sun was high, it was beginning to get warm. He stopped to cool his feet in a nearby stream whose waters came down from the high mountain peaks. Unnoticed by Ockham, a caterpillar had dropped into his pocket while the jacket had been hanging near the trees at the old man's home the previous day. Caterpillars love grape leaves, and this one had eaten most of the ones that lined his pocket. With his gaze on his feet, dangling in the cool water, he noticed a large fish swimming nearby. The fish began lazily moving toward his feet. At just that moment, something red dropped from his pocket into the water. The fish, seeing a flash of red, raced toward the object, swallowed it, and darted away, while Ockham watched in horror. Quickly, he stuck his hand in the pocket and pulled out hmm, only four stones this time. His face fell, and he was beginning to think that with four rubies, he would only be able to buy a small tea shop, and perhaps only one with chipped tea glasses. He emptied his pocket of the half-eaten leaves and its caterpillar occupant and replaced them with the leaves from the right-hand one, after carefully inspecting them for caterpillars. Putting on his worn shoes again, he moved on down the road, thinking about how to protect his dwindling dream from complete extinction. As he walked along, Ockham tried to think of a plan to protect the rubies. Ah, he exclaimed, if I carried two of them on my mouth and the others in my pocket, well, then I might be less likely to lose them all at once. He placed two of the red stones between his teeth and cheek and continued on. Before long, he began to see signs of a village. Nearing the edge of it, he was surprised to see his old friend Salim walking his way. Well, if it isn't my old friend Ockham, he replied, slapping Ockham hard on the back. Ockham's eyes bulged and his face turned red. You've made me swallow my rubies! Ockham shouted when he could finally speak. Salim looked sideways at him and replied, well, What rubies would those be? Ockham explained his story 
and pulled the two remaining stones from his pocket to show them to his friend. Selim's eyes went wide, seeing his friend's good fortune. Arkham's dream was now diminished to perhaps a small home and a few apricot trees in the yard, he told Selim. I know a man who buys precious stones at a good price. Perhaps you should go see him. Selim led him to the handsome shop of the jewel seller to see what his treasures might bring. The shrewd-looking merchant squinted at the medium-sized red stones for some time in the bright light coming in from the window behind him. Turning to Arkham's expectant face, he said, mm, Nothing but red glass. Arkham's face went from expectant to despondent in the twinkle of an eye. Are you, you sure? Arkham asked, with a tiny glimmer of hope in his voice. The merchant looked at him with a withering glance, not uttering a word as he handed them back. Arkham turned, walking slowly to the door, where his friend waited outside. Well? Selim asked. Akim replied with the word, Glass. Selim put his arm through the arm of his friend and said, Don't worry. I have a small house at the end of the village with a few apricot trees in the yard and an extra room where you can stay. Akim looked his friend in the eyes and with tears of gratitude in his own replied, Thank you, my friend. When they arrived at Selim's modest home, he made them both some tea and a plate of sweet baklava. Salim tried to comfort his friend the best he could. If the rubies had been real, what would you have done? Akim explained all the grand plans he had imagined. Oh, think of it, Akim. If you had purchased a carpet shop, all that haggling would have given you a headache and indigestion, Salim suggested. If you'd owned a caravanserai, oh, there would have been work day and night and you would get no rest. As for the tea shop, it might have been all right, I suppose, but the officials would have asked for bribes and free everything, so that before you know it, you would have no business anyway. Akim thought about his friend's words and realized that maybe his friend was right. He made up his mind to be content with Selim's hospitality, and thought that maybe all that money would have been more of a curse than a blessing. I hope you've enjoyed our first story. Be sure to join me for our next story titled The Great Grasshopper Escape. <laughs>